This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bulwa, Metro Editor at the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, San Francisco's methamphetamine crisis. Reporters Kevin Fagan and Dominic Fracasa are here to talk about how meth has a powerful and deadly grip on San Francisco, contributing to some of the city's biggest problems. That includes addiction, homelessness, and property crime. We'll discuss how bad the problem has gotten, how it's filling psychiatric emergency rooms with people experiencing meth psychosis, and how city leaders are responding. Kevin and Dominic, thanks for coming in. Glad to be here. Indeed. So, Dominic, you are too young for this, but Kevin and I are old enough to have <laughs> been through um, really bad meth epidemics of yeah. the past. It was a huge issue uh, through the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about how it was taking over uh, California and, and rural and urban areas alike. Yeah. Kevin, it really kind of never went away, huh? No, it didn't. Uh, crack was the the big horror of the 80s. And then this thing came along in the 90s. And uh, I remember doing a story in the late 90s about how meth had infested the Sierra Nevada, uh, you know, backwaters even and was spread had spread into the rural areas and was knifing into the suburbs. That was a long time ago. That was 20 years ago. Uh, it has only gotten worse. Uh, it's huge. Uh, San Francisco still has every drug you can imagine. So it's kind of in the mix. But it's it's always bad, and it's tightened its its particular grip over the last fifteen years, in particular among the homeless population, and of course housed people too. You know, it was always really hard for people to kick addicts mm, that yeah. that were constantly looking for their next fix, um, and that's never really changed, unfortunately. No, they haven't found a a, a, a cure, so to speak, with heroin and fentanyl. Uh, you have uh, suboxone and methadone. Uh, that can replace uh, the drug. And that's very important. You need a replacement therapy. With crack, you don't have a replacement, but crack somehow has a chemical effect on the brain that makes it easier to pull off of, which surprised doctors as the years went by. They thought, uh, you know, crack was was the worst thing around. Turns out meth is even worse. It's You have to pull off for at least 12 days before you can start thinking about uh, long-term recovery. And of course, as we know, it takes uh, usually takes several tries for someone to get off a, a drug addiction. Dominic, you've been writing a lot of pieces about um, methamphetamine getting worse, the, the effects getting worse in San Francisco. What is the latest in terms of the numbers, um, in terms of deaths, number of addicts uh, that we're seeing on the streets? Yeah. So we, of course, getting any sort of reliable statistics about something like methamphetamine or a lot of illicit drugs, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But we actually have some newly released data from our city's health department that can at least help us understand a little bit of the scope of what we're dealing with here. So uh, since 2008, now you mentioned this has been going on a long time, but if we just look at a 10-year window between 2008 and 2018, there's been a 500% increase in the Mm -hmm. number of deaths that we're seeing that are related to and caused by methamphetamine. Uh, There were 126 
deaths last year, 2018 alone in San Francisco that, that were meth related. So we've seen a steep and, and steady climb, uh, certainly over the past 10 years. Um, you, you mentioned before, Damien, the sort of, uh, uh, we, we just setting aside for a second, the human misery that is attendant to meth addiction, right? Just, just, Block that off for a moment. There's also a real effect that it has on, on city services. So our psychiatric emergency you know, department in San Francisco is overwhelmed on a daily basis. They run on something called diversion an enormous amount of the time where people have to be sent to other emergency rooms because there's just not people and space to put you know, people undergoing all, all manner of psychiatric crisis that we see in San Francisco every day. So from 2017 to 2018, that one-year period, 47% of all visits to our psychiatric emergency services hospital, which is in our, our main general hospital, it's one wing of it, if you will, uh, we're related to meth use. So almost half of the people experiencing psychiatric crisis, it's affiliated with the use of, of methamphetamine. It's also, you know, this is also a, a, a problem for, for law enforcement as well. I mean, drug arrests involving methamphetamine are up from one in 20 in 2008 were related to meth use, drug arrests in particular, mm -hmm. that's up to one in five now. So we can see that, you know, again, this is only one window of time and the numbers need to be taken with a grain of salt. But I think any way you slice it, it's becoming increasingly problematic. Wow. And, and it's also happening, as both of you have been reporting, in tandem, unfortunately, with fentanyl deaths rising really quickly, just kind of coming out of nowhere, sweeping into San Francisco over the last couple of years. Yeah. We don't even know yet where that's going to peak at. Um, so these things are happening together, unfortunately. Um, first, a couple basic questions. You know, how are people uh, using meth? Um, you know, why does it cause this psychosis that I think some people are confusing with uh, a delusional mental illness? Well, you can certainly be delusional, you know, after, especially after a long period of meth use. Now, everybody's situation is different. I mean, you can snort meth, you can smoke meth. I think some people can can swallow it even. And it's, of course, injected and some people mm -hmm. choose to use it that way as well. I mean, as I understand it, basically the molecule of meth kind of saws its way into your brain and forces your brain to release dopamine, the sort of, uh, or it sort of enhances the pleasure centers of the brain. And that, you know, leads to wanting more of it all the time. And it also, you know, just in your body, in your bloodstream it leads to feelings of euphoria or invincibility or you know you can stay up and and do whatever you want for days you know in a, in the midst of a sort of a meth run as they call it now that can immediately, especially if it's kind of commingled in people who have other, you know, uh, uh, psychological frailties, if you will, that can be really problematic. People can, you know, snap when they're on it right away. What also happens is people use it for days and days and days. The high lasts for so long, they're up for days at a time, and then they crash or they start uh, uh, having, you know, delusions and hallucinations and get incredibly frail themselves. And that leads them to either come in contact with law enforcement, come in contact with psychiatric emergency services and things generally don't get better from there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And you don't want to be around someone on a super meth high. Uh, I spent a lot of time with street people uh, in camps at all hours of the day and night. And uh, you can tell the people who are just smoking it up. Uh, a lot of times you'll, you'll smoke with a, what's called a bubble, which is a, a little glass pipe and a, and a torch, which is an enhanced lighter. Uh, and if they're just doing their regular you know, hits of meth, that's one thing. But the, but when someone starts freaking out, I've been chased by guys with knives, baseball bats, the people screaming, women, men screaming, grabbing my feet, uh, attacking people. You can really flip out using meth. And it, that's a different dynamic than other drugs. With heroin, of course, that's, you know, it's a downer. This yeah. Is, so this, this psychosis, is this one of the reasons why, I mean, one of the big frustrating problems in San Francisco in terms of serving people is the 5150s. You involuntary yeah. hold someone, you put them in for emergency services, and then they stabilize and they're out. And there are what, 
people generally refer to as frequent flyers who do a number of these in a year. Does this partially explain why we have a lot of people cycling in and out of those those important, as you say, psychiatric beds? Yeah. Uh, I'd say on, without a doubt. I mean, I think the, the sort of frequent flyers, it's not exclusively associated with meth use, but certainly as we've seen the number of people cycling through psychiatric services, it's it's got it's a huge part of the problem. Now that just sort of dovetails into recent, you know, changes in San Francisco that have been enacted within the past couple of months that says that's going to, you know, make it easier essentially to conserve people, to take away their rights because they're a danger to themselves or others. Now, that happens, kind of the big sort of bullet point, uh, a factor that can lead to your being, you know, 5150, as it were, for an extended period of time is eight 5150 holds in a 12, yeah. uh, 12 month period. That's, that's a with, lot. That's a, that's a yeah. lot. And and that's, that's again, there's other factors you have to have refused services there. That's not the only thing that can get you conserved. But, and, and I think it's, I think it is though, those changes are a direct result of what we're talking about. Oh, and there's one interesting point about the, about meth uh, in relation to other drugs. Uh, uh, there's something that the doctors say uh, it, it, it concretizes the the whatever psychosis whatever mental illness you have it it goes in there and chemically sets in concrete some of the the, the mental illness that you you are dealing with more than other drugs heroin doesn't do that crack doesn't do that meth is is more damaging and and it, it exacerbates whatever mil, mental illness you have in a long term basis which is really interesting and terrible. Yeah, I want to ask you guys about the city's response to the crisis. But first, let's take a break. I'm here with Dominic Fercasa and Kevin Fagan on Fifth and Mission. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back uh, to Fifth and Mission. I'm here with Dominic Fercasa and Kevin Fagan, who've been covering the meth crisis in San Francisco. I want to talk about the city's response. Dominic, you have recently had an article about a report on meth and what public health and what what the city plans to do about it. Yeah, I'm not sure how much confidence in the average San Franciscan a task force and a report is going to inspire, but I guess it's better than nothing, right? So city officials, uh, uh, supervisors, and our uh, director of public health brought together a pretty big group of people, doctors, uh, um, social workers, and and people in the recovery community, people who have been through meth addiction themselves. And they sat together you know, a couple of times over a number of months, and they said, okay, what is our response going to be? What's the vision at least going to be around that? Now, a lot of it is boring. A lot of it is the city needs to do a better job of talking to itself and and try to fix the pro- many in internal problems that aren't aren't outwardly facing. But there are two I think important takeaways that we can really sort of sink our teeth into. One is the creation of a meth sobering center. Um, it's not really clear what the precedent is for these kind of facilities yet. You know, there's lots of places where people can go to crash and get into rehabilitation, but this isn't, that's not usually reserved for people on the street. You know what I mean? That's not, that's, that's not this kind of same facility that we're talking about. So what the, the idea is here is a place where people can go, whether, you know, like we talked about, whether they're, you know, crashing from multiple days being high on meth and need a place to safely stay. That's not the streets because that's a hell of a lot scarier than uh, being in a bed in a sobering center. 
Um, and of course, it's it's also an alternative to to jail. That's that's one interesting thing that city officials, I think, are, are sort of grappling with right now. The mayor has said, Mayor London Breed has said on multiple occasions that she wants the sobering center to be an alternative to incarceration. And that, to me, means there's going to have to be some changes in the marching orders of the police around dealing with street-level drug use. We always say that the chief of police will tell you right now, we don't criminalize drug use. We're going mm. after the dealers. Those are criminals. The drug users have a health problem. It's going to be interesting to see if those sort of orders change around picking people up, giving them the alternative of saying, look, I've got you on a meth possession charge, or you can go and chill out in a sobering center. Now, the other part of the center is people will be surrounded by and flooded with pleas to enter services. Yeah. It's not just a place to crash. It will be for many people. A lot of people are going to walk in, they're going to sleep it off, and they're going to walk right back out. And, and the city knows this. But the hope is that if they come enough times and they say, look, we can get you a shelter. We longer can get term you services. Longer yeah. term services. Yeah. I mean, short and longer, short, medium and long term. They hope that they embrace it. The other thing is the city wants to do a job, uh, a much better job of getting a crisis team put together. People who can accompany cops when people call 911 when they see a person in distress or being violent or making threats. They can have that sort of health response in addition to the law enforcement response on those calls. And it's also what they what they know and what I think a lot of people in San Francisco have experienced firsthand is when I see someone who is in obvious distress, who obviously needs help, and I don't know who to call. I call 911. Okay, that's that's yeah. one that's one option. This, I don't want to send this person to jail necessarily. They may not be breaking any laws, but they need help. Who do I call? What do I do about that? I think I think that's going to be something that we're going to see develop in the next couple of months and probably a major like marketing campaign around it too to get the word out as to we have a problem, here's who you call, you know, and take Get response. Kevin, what Dominic gets into there quite a bit is this tension in San Francisco, right? Over we don't want to criminalize certain things, yeah. but if we don't criminalize them at all, where do we get our leverage to sort of force people into, you know, diversionary style courts, diversionary uh, systems treatment? Has that, it- that's that's the million dollar question has been for decades. What do you do with an addict who is lost in their in their drug and has a survival mode and doesn't want to change it. You have to continually outreach to them. It can take two years of interaction with a chronically homeless drug addict before you get them to agree to come in and take treatment. Uh, I know some of the the health officials were saying the other day when we met with the mayor and, and Colfax and the others, oh, maybe six months. Six months is ambitious. You got to go back again and again. And so putting someone in a sobering center is, is, is good because they're off the street uh, not freaking out and attacking someone or or attacking themselves, because uh, that's what you do when you're in the in the worst of a tweak out episode. Uh, but it's going to be people are going to have to get ready to see a lot of uh, very slow progress in this. It's not like you're going to a sobering center and suddenly go, oh good, now I'm going to go to treatment. And no, yeah, the the one thing that might work in the sobering center's favor is obviously it's better than jail, but it also should be better than going to psychiatric emergency services and having people in big white coats telling you to sit down and pumping you with intravenous Valium. I mean, that's a scary situation, especially for someone experiencing a meth-induced psychosis. I mean, that's terrifying. Oh, and that, and one big advantage of the sober center, it will be cheaper. Going right. to going to the, the, the generals, the SF generals uh, uh, ward is very much more expensive than the sobering center will be. But we're talking about a sobering center where for a long period of time we've been talking about an injection center for heroin users. Yeah. But we're no, nowhere close to the injection center. Uh, is the sobering center perhaps easier to 
easier to get? Are there are there challenges we don't have to face? Well, it's not illegal for one. Yeah, it's not a federal <laughs> crime to build yeah. one. Yeah, that that helps a lot. So and they I, can legally offer people services in order to come off of highs yeah. to treat them in the way they can't by actually overseeing the injection of heroin. Right. Knowing that the the administration of the drug, of the illicit drug, is happening is kind of the big the big no-no. That's the crack house statute, right? That that the federal government is sort of hung over the head of any major city, San Francisco included, that wants to set up one of these injection centers. Although I will say the task force mentions safe consumption sites. That's another name for it. You know, they say mm-hmm. we should make one of those. The mayor's behind it, the city attorney's behind it, and there have been some recent developments in federal law that may entice or, or may give enough uh, kind of cover for San Francisco to try it as well. In Philadelphia, there was a case where a judge said, they're not giving people drugs. This isn't a violation of federal law. They want to help people get off them, in fact. So uh, we may see some changes in the not too distant future about that. Yeah. What's the difference between having a room where someone injects themselves with their own rigs, their own stuff, as opposed to seeing them do that on the street? Kevin, I want to end this with you. We talked in the beginning of the show about how long a problem this is, has yeah. gone on. It's so grim for people that are seeing it on the street, sometimes seeing loved ones um, that are seeing the emergency rooms filled with people. Is there any reason for hope? Where are we going with this problem? Oh, boy. It's, it's, it's tough for hope on meth. Uh, the other drugs have replacement uh, therapies or, or more successful rehabilitative techniques. Uh, meth, is, meth is very difficult. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of thinking going into it. And the sobering center is a, is a technique that a lot of people have hope for uh, because you can persuade people. The only way you're going to get off meth is if you decide you want to be off meth. And that's a, that's a persuasion uh, more than a coercion. Um, it's, you, you just have to have faith in human nature, I guess. All right. Well, thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Dominic. Appreciate you guys coming in. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks to my guests, reporters Kevin Fagan and Dominic Fercasa, to King Kaufman and Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.